We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, a DFS edition, talking NFL Week 17. I am not Scott Jenstad. I am Nick Whalen, standing in for Scott. Uh, joined today, as always, by Ryan Belongi. Ryan, uh, you know, kind of stepped in on short notice here. I'm looking forward to it. I've been a longtime listener of the Rotowire DFS pod. You guys have helped me uh, playing on DraftKings a ton this season, and it's an honor to be here with you. Yeah, really appreciate you stepping in. Um, Scott busy with work. Adam apparently his internet connection's not good, uh, but you know we're happy to have you right. here. I know you play quite a bit of DFS and mm-hmm. you know NFL stuff, so it should be a pretty seamless transition. Um, yeah, I'm excited to break the slate down with you. It's it's different in that we have 13 games, and right. a lot of the slates re- recently have had nine or ten, um, and yeah, there just feels like a lot of options, especially because we have like a lot of cheap quarterbacks in play now with some of the injuries and other stuff and some cheap running backs because of injuries. Uh, so yeah, it's difficult to know where to go. I'm kind of struggling to narrow down what I want to do. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the quarterbacks. That's where I wanted to start. And obviously this is not a new issue for us this season, right? I mean, we've basically been averaging like 13 to 15 backup quarterbacks per week. And I mean, this week, more than ever, it feels like you have decisions to make. If you're still alive, you know, in a season-long fantasy league, I've been getting peppered with with questions on Twitter all week. Of like, do I do I start Jake Browning? Do I go Mason Rudolph? Do I plug Joe Flacco in there on Thursday night? Uh, hopefully, you you started Joe Flacco based on what we saw uh, on Thursday night football. But it, it's so it's so hard to me to decide between you know these eight or nine guys who have various levels of experience, various levels of exposure, different matchups. I mean. How have you found yourself, you know, handling that when it comes to DFS? Do, do, do you go cheap at quarterback when there are so many options? Or do you look at that that group and say, eh, I, I just don't know if I trust it? Yeah, more, more so the latter, but it hasn't necessarily been working out. Normally, at least for cash games, I'm, I, I try to spend up at quarterback. It's been a strategy that's worked over the years. So, you know, I try to play Hertz or Josh Allen or, or whoever it is. But um, – Cheap quarterbacks have sort of been the way this season. Um, I know it's obviously a small sample, but it at least shows that it's viable. Like the slate, th- this slate is tough because Hertz is in a great spot. 
he projects the best. He'll be relatively popular. You can play him because there's there's cheap value at running back. There aren't really, um, I don't know, must-have receivers that are expensive. So so you can play Hurts, but we have 4K quarterbacks this week. Like Brissett is 4.9K yep. and um, the giant uh, – Giants quarterback, um, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Tyrod Taylor back in our lives, 4,600. And both those guys run a bit. um, And they're in spots where they should be throwing like most of the game. So they project well. That's a a lot of salary savings if you go down to those guys. Um, So, yeah, I'm considering spending down. Like you said, though, who do you click on? And and who do you pair them with? Do you pair them with anybody? You know, it's, it's tough, you know? That's exactly the thing for me is I, I love the idea of plugging a $4,600 quarterback into my lineup on DK. And, you know, we, we saw Jacoby Brissett a couple of weeks ago in garbage time, you know, immediately put up two touchdowns on the Rams defense. It's pretty easy to imagine Tyrod Taylor doing something similar, even if the Giants fall behind early. But but like you said, you know, it's not like you want to create a, a giant stack here. It's like which receiver or, you know, which tight end do you do you go with? Uh, I think you could ask the same question for Jacoby Brissett in Washington. I, I think. I think the commanders, I don't know what they're doing as a team. I don't know if it really makes sense. Like you had to come out of the season knowing one way or the other, if Sam Howell is the guy. And I don't really understand benching him at this point in the year. Uh, you, know, you have nothing to play for. It's one thing midway through the season when they were hovering around 500. If you want to try to salvage a run at a wild card spot, sure. Throw Jacoby Brissett in there. You're probably going to be a better team with Jacoby Brissett. But at this point in the season, I just, I don't really understand that decision. I, I think you should want as much of an evaluation period on Howell as you could possibly get. Yeah, I agree. I mean, unless they're sure that they've already moved on from him, like, right. yeah, I don't, I just don't understand putting mm-hmm. Brissett in. But you know, he's yeah. you look at his numbers. He's he's been pretty good the last two games when he's came in. I mean, ten of thirteen and eight of ten with three touchdowns, no picks. Right. Um, you know, he's going to run a little bit. Like, I get it. I think it's mm-hmm. it's a tough question for cash games. Yeah, it really is. So. You know, you mentioned some of the expensive quarterbacks. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, they're going to be at the top of the board. You got Lamar as an option at home against Miami. Mahomes is still up there at 7,500. Casey welcoming in the Cincinnati Bengals this week. I don't know if I'll go in that direction. Uh, do, do you have a favorite of that top group? I know on our site, you know, we project Jalen Hurts to be the highest owned quarterback this week. And, and that makes sense against an Arizona team that has basically been neck and neck with the commanders uh, vying for the title of the worst defense in the NFL over the second half of the season. Yeah. The spot for Hertz is, you know, arguably as good as it gets. Uh, you mentioned the Cardinals defense. They might be the worst in the league. They're definitely the worst at getting pressure on the quarterback. They have one sack in the last four weeks. I mean, Hertz should have a clean pocket all game, be able to do whatever he wants. So for cash games, I mean, you're just going to, you're going to play Hertz if you're spending up. Uh, he just projects the best and he's going to be the most popular. So it makes sense. But for tournaments, yeah, I don't know. I think they're all interesting. Um, no one's going to click Josh Allen and, you know, that makes him interesting. I kind of like yep. Lamar, just uh, how good he's looked. That They're sort of in the marquee game of the mm-hmm. week. Um, he's entered the MVP conversation now. And no one's really going to play him either. And yeah, then you have Mahomes. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do with the Chiefs, but – it's a good spot if somebody, you know, if anybody wants to stack them, because I think a lot of people are down on KC and, um, you know, I, I was actually considering it, but it's tough to play someone on the Cincinnati side if, right. if Chase is back, you know, 
Um, not that you necessarily need to. Um, I thought it was interesting because I haven't really played Kelsey at all this season and, and it's worked out, but now he's down to seven K the pretty, pretty significant drop in salary. Yeah. And I still don't think too many people really want to click him. So I think, I, I, I think he's interesting, but I'd maybe be more likely to just one off him and not necessarily include Mahomes. I mean, yeah, he can put up a ceiling in this spot though, since his defense hasn't been great either. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I don't have a strong lean at the moment. I'm open to playing Hurts too, because you know, this being a 13 game slate, the Eagles aren't going to be very popular either. And it's, right. it's a great spot for them. Um, I don't know. Did you have a lean up top or like any of these guys really jump out for you? If I'm going north of 7K or even north of, of seven and a half, I, I think I'm just going to, I'm willing to pay the extra seven, 800 and go with Hertz or, or go with Lamar at 77. Like Mahomes to me, he hasn't shown that kind of ceiling that you're looking for in a tournament since like week four, you know, when he had like a 35 fantasy point game, it's just, it's just not there, man. Uh, you know, it, it, the chiefs offense, we've all watched it for what, seven or eight weeks now. And it's pretty clear to me that there's not going to be a one week fix, right? I mean, this, the, the problems that they're displaying, they've been displaying for half of the season. And, you know, when this first started cropping up and looked like a real issue around week eight, week nine, you're thinking, all right, by the time we get to week 17, by the time we're on the doorstep of the playoffs, they'll, they'll probably have figured it out. It's Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, it's the Chiefs. And to me, it's gotten worse. You know, it, it's not only drops now, like that was really the kind of the lazy narrative, I think, to point to early on. It was like, oh man, if Kadarius Tony could just catch the ball, they'd be fine. I mean, they look out of sorts. They look confused. They can't pick up third downs. Uh, you know, the, the one silver lining for me with, in all this has been the development of Rasheed Rice. Like, he looks like he's going to be a big-time piece for them going forward. He's been so consistent over these last few weeks. So you mentioned Kelsey. I think with his price this week, I'm fine with that. I'm also fine plugging Rasheed Rice into my lineup. But as you alluded to, I, I don't really feel obligated to pair them with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think Rice will be one of the more popular receivers yeah. uh this week he had people have been playing him for the last couple weeks now and it's worked out he didn't quite get there last week but he had 12 targets mm-hmm. um yeah you said it though the offense looked out of sorts uh it, they looked really bad last week against the raiders like just no structure mm-hmm. you know it, lo- it looks like just a playground offense basically just mahomes drop back and try to make a play and yeah it's not working out um, it's interesting because, uh, Edwards Hilaire might end up being one of the most popular players on the slate. Um, ass- I think you're assuming- right. I, I mean, we, we should say for the live listeners, I mean, as of right now, it doesn't look like Pacheco is going to play. He's not practiced all week. They haven't ruled him out, but it, it seems like we're trending toward another absence for him, which I believe would be what is third in, in the last four weeks. Yeah. So you know, I don't mean to jump around, but I think he he would be very popular, and then Rice will also be pretty popular. So it kind of I don't know it takes me off, I guess, of stacking yeah. the Chiefs in tournaments if those guys are already going to be popular. You know, what about the other side of that Philly matchup? Because I think there's a lot to like about Jalen Hurts, but you know, if you look at you know fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position, just a basic stat you could find over on our our defense versus position page on RotoWire. You know, the Eagles are, are 30th right now. I mean, they're, they're basically allowing the same number of fantasy points to quarterbacks as they're scoring on the year. Is there a case for Kyler Murray? I know he's been on the injury report. He's dealing with an illness, you know, not, not an actual injury. You would think come Sunday he'll be fine. 
Um, you know, obviously we expect the Eagles to win this game. You know, they're, they're double digit favorites and rightfully so. Uh, but we've seen the Cardinals hang around in, in these spots, even though they continue to lose games. I mean, they, they, they put up production, uh, obviously, since Calabari's come back, they've looked like a more consistent and, uh, you know, more dangerous offense. Is there a case for Kyler this week? Yeah, I do think there's a case for Kyler. There's there's certainly a case for some of his pass catchers, specifically McBride. Right. Uh, like you said, the Eagles have been one of the best teams to pass against and, and one of the best teams uh, for teams to put up stats against. Uh, so, you know, out of these, out of all these top teams or top quarterbacks, I guess, you feel like Arizona – is most likely to be able to push the Eagles into at least some sort of back and forth game where these guys can pay off their salaries. And I thought, I thought McBride was interesting because he's been chalk for about two months straight and for the most part smashing, but kind of a down week last week and priced up again this week. And while he'll still be relatively popular, we're not going to see his ownership get quite as, as out of hand as it has been in recent weeks. And the Eagles are, notoriously bad against tight ends um so yeah i i I do like eagle stacks more for that reason because i think you can run it back with mcbride or maybe one of the cheap pass catchers if we get hollywood brown or the cheap wide receivers if we get hollywood brown out again um i think kyler back to kyler i think you could go to kyler but there's just there's more options on this slate than normal like it was if it was a different slate i'd be more okay with it but there's like a lot of cheap guys if I'm going right. to go cheap. And like if I'm in that Kyler range, I might just try to get up to 7K. Yeah. Like I kind of have some interest in Stroud and Purdy. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, you know, the Marquise Brown thing worries me as well. Like if he's out, yeah, that opens up some cheap receivers for Arizona. But I think maybe that lowers the ceiling for Kyler Murray as well. And, you know, I, I think there's a chance that this is a relatively close game. You know, I think Arizona has remained – extremely frisky despite having a a terrible defense you know they found a way to to kind of challenge some teams I thought they played San Francisco about as well as they possibly could have a few weeks ago given the talent gap between those two teams especially given the health gap with some of the injuries for Arizona and you know Philly they've been big favorites several times this season they have not covered a number bigger than five and a half on the year every time they've been favored by at least six uh, they failed to cover those games came against Washington twice the Giants Minnesota and the Jets. So they're, they're a team that in some ways tends to play down to their competition, uh, at least on the defensive end. You mentioned Brock Purdy. I think he's going to be really popular. I think this is kind of an obvious bounce back spot for him, a great matchup. Even though they're on the road, you got to go cross country to Washington. You know, like we said earlier, Arizona and Washington, those are those are the two teams to me, maybe along with Detroit right now, uh, who you want to target in DFS. Niners are 12 and a half point favorites. I do love this spot for Christian McCaffrey. I love pretty much every spot for CMC at this point. It's tough to go against him. Obviously, you have to pay up, but um, I'm totally fine going Purdy this week, even though he's going to be popular. And like you said. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On a 13-game slate, you know, how much do you really worry about ownership percentages in a tournament? Well, pretty much not at all at quarterback. It just, yeah. like, it just doesn't matter. Um, so you just kind of go with the guy you like best. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I At quarterback, it just doesn't make sense to worry about it too much because nobody's ownership gets out of hand. Um and you, you, you just, you want the best play who's going to score the most points, you know, you end up get, mm-hmm. being able to get different at any of the other positions. So, yeah, I think Purdy, Purdy's a good play and he'll be popular too. Um, I'd be fine going there for tournaments. I always find it tough to stack the Niners just because you never know which one of their guys to pick. Um, kind of like Ayuk. I mean, just cause he's cheaper than Debo and yeah. uh, the second half of that game against uh, the Ravens, he looked pretty good. Kittle, too, projects well as one of the right. better tight ends on the board. Not that expensive. You could see him paying off his salary. He had big game last week, 10 targets. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the Niners. Yeah, I think I'd play Kittle over Evan Ingram, who is slightly higher than him uh, in price this week. And we'll dive in a little bit further on the tight end pool as we get later in the episode. We will... Talk about some of the individual games in a moment, but we got some messages to pass along from our wonderful sponsors. First and foremost, Circa. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa Resort in Casino. Super Sunday is in Las Vegas this year. You can watch the big game poolside and Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. Massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with day beds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more. Or touch down at the world's largest sports book, Circa Sports, for the big game bash. We're talking three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. 
Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino. Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. We're also brought to you by Odds Are. Are you ready to revolutionize your sports betting approach? Begin with a two-week free trial at OddsR.com. That's O-D-D-S-R.com, where cutting-edge AI technology sharpens your edge in the betting game. Benefit from our proven two-year track record, boasting a 60% accuracy rate and an impressive 10% ROI. The odds are AI meticulously sifts through extensive data to reveal high-value, green-value plays, guiding you towards smarter betting decisions. And it's not just about the numbers. The odds are app is exceptionally user-friendly, and it's crafted to be your go-to betting advisor right at your fingertips. Jumpstart your journey to betting smarter and more successfully this season. Simply visit the iOS or Google Play Store, download the Odds Are app, and step into a world of confident betting. Your path to a more strategic betting experience starts with our two-week free trial. Download today, where smart strategy triumphs over luck. That's Odds Are, O-D-D-S-R. All right, Ryan, let's get into some of the individual games we're keeping an eye on. We got uh, Detroit and Dallas on Saturday. That's a standalone game. We will uh, put that one aside for now. Uh, Should be a fun one if you're playing showdown contests, though. That is our highest total of the week. At 52, we, we do have relatively high totals across the board, uh, speaking in 2023 NFL terms. I, I'm seeing only three games on the Sunday slate sitting under 40, which is a, a rarity this season, as you know. But let's go to Dolphins-Ravens. We already talked about the quarterbacks on each side of this matchup. Our total's at 47. Ravens, you know, they've kind of been bouncing back and forth between three, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, you know, outside of Lamar, outside of Tua, is there any specific players, any specific positions you like in this matchup? Yeah, you know, I don't think I would have if Waddle was healthy, I guess. But, you know, we got the news that Waddle's going to be out, and I just think it it opens up a path, an easier path for Tyreek to hit a ceiling. Um, his ownership's not going to be out of hand at all this week. Um, you know, I don't think Miami is going to be able to control the game on the ground like they have many times this season and you know that that's kind of been their goal to to slow it down and run the ball baltimore sped it up last week um they were actually first in pace uh last week and they've been throwing at a high clip too so i think there's some scenarios where that game could shoot out um if the dolphins offense can keep pace you know the ravens is the ravens are a tough matchup Right. Um, but I think it makes sense to take a chance on that game in tournaments. You know, it's 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 probably one of the most likely games to shoot out just because it's got a close closer spread than these other um, high total games. So, yeah, I have some interest in Tyreek and maybe even like a Cedric Wilson for yep. for thirty six hundred f- filling in for Waddle. Uh, and then on the Ravens side, I think Zay Flowers looks like one of the better options under six K. Um, he had a big game against San Fran last week, 13 targets and kind of, you know, emerged as Lamar's go-to guy since Mark Andrews has been out. So yeah, I think there's some good options in that game. What about you? Yeah, I like flowers. We should mention he did not practice on Thursday. He's been nursing a calf injury, but I think the general indication is that he will likely play. I mean, we have a bunch of injuries on the Miami side of things outside of Jalen Waddle. You know, they're still being careful with Tyreek, you know, to a, it's been on the injury report all week. I think he's going to be fine, but both Mostert and, and HN are banged up as well. So I 
I lean more toward the Baltimore side of this game. I, I think it could be an obvious letdown spot for the Ravens. You know, they just played their game of the year out on the West Coast. But I think you can make the same case for Miami. You know, they're coming off of a huge game in their own right against Dallas. So to me, maybe that cancels out. You know, Isaiah likely is somebody that if, if you want to spend down a little bit at tight end, I don't mind going in that direction. Uh, you know, he's not Mark Andrews, but, you know, I, I think he's done a, a pretty reasonable Andrews impression over these last few weeks. I mean, he's been targeted 17 times over the last three games. He's turned in pretty respectable totals and, you know, at 4,600. Uh, I think that's probably the the number one target for me on the Baltimore side. But do you have any interest in these, you know, non-Keaton Mitchell running backs for the Ravens? I don't think so. Um, I guess no. There's just, yeah. uh, you know, I, I get it with Gus Edwards just because nobody ever plays him. Right. Um, but there's just, there's kind of a lot. There's other cheap value that I'm more interested in around that salary range. I don't know. Would you click on any of those Ravens running backs? Uh, probably not. Probably not against Miami. I mean, they've, they've been good against, uh, you know, running backs and receivers. You know, neither of these teams are defenses that you necessarily want to target. I mean, the Dolphins are, are top five in the NFL in terms of average fantasy points allowed to the running back position. So, no, probably not. I mean, I, it, it's, it's tough because I, I see this being a relatively high scoring game. It's just, you know, kind of pinpointing where exactly those points come from. And if you're playing Gus Edwards, you're you're basically counting on him, you know, running in like two four yard touchdowns. Right. Like that's that's kind of what I picture a successful DFS day for Gus Edwards. So, no, I, I think, like you said, there are probably some better, higher upside, cheaper options in that range. Uh, how about Pat's Bills? I, I don't know if I like a whole lot here. You know, the Stefan Diggs uh, decline over the second half of the season has been, I think, one of the more undercovered stories in all the fantasy. You know, obviously it's, it's killed you in season long. It's been really frustrating in DFS. You know, he's still near the top of the board in pricing. He's the third highest priced receiver on the main slate on Sunday at 8,200. You know, there's always that that promise of, man, maybe this is the week. Maybe this is the week they get him more involved. But we've also seen a, a much lower volume passing attack from the Bills over the last few weeks. Yeah, I, you said it. I just can't click digs. Uh, he hasn't had over 100 receiving yards since week six, I believe. Um, he's been under 10 fantasy points in five of the last six weeks. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't seem like a spot where the Bills are going to be need, need to chuck it around a lot. Like you mentioned, um, I think they just want to rely on James Cook. Also, Allen spreads it around more. Uh, yeah. We saw we saw Diggs getting a bunch of targets early in the season, but you know now they have both Kincaid and Knox healthy, Gabe Davis and other guys. Yeah, you know the what makes Buffalo somewhat appealing is that nobody's going to play Allen or Diggs. So I mean, you know if you're you know, like a true game theory player, I guess you could click on him for that reason. But yeah, you know, the ceiling games just seem seem few and far between, especially in a matchup like this. Yeah, I don't I don't love the spot for the Buffalo offense. I, I think New England could cover uh, this this 13 point spread, um, you know, kind of spooked a little bit by what we saw for Buffalo against the bad Chargers team last week. I, I don't think the Bills are in any danger of losing this game, but I think it could be ugly. I don't, I don't think they've completely solved all of their issues on the offensive end. Do you expect Zeke Elliott to be pretty highly owned this this weekend? Yeah, I do. I was just going to ask you if you're if you're in on the Zeke Elliott uh, chalk, or I wouldn't say chalk. He, you know, he won't be chalky if we get both Edwards Hilaire and Zamir White, uh, right. but he'll still be relatively popular for that range. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, 
you're relying so much on him catching a lot of passes, but he sure has been lately. So, you know, I don't know. I, my, my lean is to not play a relatively popular Elliot mm-hmm. in the spot where they're double digit underdogs in a pretty tough matchup. What do you think? I, I'm not opposed to it, but like you said, you're relying so much on high volume receiving numbers and yeah, you know, the targets have been there. The catches have been there. He had nine receptions against Denver the other night. I just, I don't know if that's sustainable. I think I would, if, if I'm looking in that range, I would probably, I would probably just default to James Conner who's a little bit cheaper. I, I like him in that matchup against Philly. We talked about it. I think there's going to be points on the board there. You know, maybe you go down to someone like Devin Singletary at 5,600. Uh, even Jalen Warren, I think, is in a good spot. You know, Pittsburgh's on the road at Seattle. That could be a relatively low-scoring game. But Seahawks have been hemorrhaging rushing yards of late. And, you know, Najee Harris has been banged up this week. So I, I think I would rather save a couple hundred and, and go with any of those options. Yeah, me too. I think uh, Connor specifically is interesting uh, especially if you're stacking the Eagles, because right. no one's really going to play Connor. He'd be a nice leverage mm-hmm. option. Falcons Bears in Chicago. This is a, a low total game. Uh, one of our lowest totals on the Sunday main slate. It is sitting at 38. Uh, you know, conditions in Chicago should be all right. I think the temperature is going to be hanging around 32. It's going to be windy, but we're not looking at precipitation. I, I, I usually just throw my hands up when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. You know, I, I pick every game against the spread uh, for an article I, I do on Rotowire each week, and I'm like. I think I'm like three and 12 picking Falcons games. Like I just, I cannot figure this team out. Every time I think they're going to show up, they don't. Every time I think they're going to get beat, they have a game like last week against Indy and, you know, Chicago has been equally confounding, right? And, and you know, the, the Bears defense has been one of the best units in the NFL really since they're, they're by midway through the season. They've been top three in terms of defensive EPA. They've been fantastic against the run. So I, I like Justin Fields. I think this should be a good spot for him. I, I'm not sure I like anything else in this game. I, I don't think this is a good spot for Atlanta to do a whole lot on the ground. And, and the Bears, you know, could be without Cole Komet as well. So, you know, if, you, if you're going like dumpster diving at tight end, I, is there any case for Robert Tunyon, who had like one of the biggest drops of the year a couple of weeks ago? I'm trying to erase that from my memory. But other than that, I, I don't I don't love this game. Yeah, I know. I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, I, I didn't see that about Komet might miss. Former Packer great Robert Tanyan. <laughs> I, I loved Tanyan when he was on the Packers. By the way, yeah. I, I was I, before the ACL. I thought he was going to be a real, a real guy. Me too. Um, yeah, just in general, I was kind of cross this game off. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I for, aside from DFS, I, I kind of like the Bears. Uh, you mentioned their defense has been great recently. Yeah. Montez Sweat has been elite since arriving. Uh, Jalen Johnson, one of the best corners in the league. Uh, I think Fields has been playing much better. Um, Fields for DFS is always okay when nobody's going to play him just because he has the the rushing upside, you know. If right. he, but yeah, you know the, the Falcons haven't been allowing many ceiling games. Like mm-hmm. I was just they, I don't have the stat here, but I, I think they've it's been like five straight games since holding quarterbacks under 200 passing yards. I know not, you know, they, they haven't allowed a touchdown to a running back. I don't think this season either, unless they did last week, at least that, that was going into last week. Just a crazy stat. That's insane. Um, a rushing touchdown to a running back, wow. but still, I mean, we're, we've played almost the whole season. 
Um, anyway, there, no, I don't really have interest in that game. There's some of these other middling total games I like better. Uh, maybe Titans Texans is one of those, Ryan, uh, totals at 44 there. Texans are four point favorites at home. I, I don't mind going back to CJ Stroud. You know, you, you, maybe you have that memory of the last time we saw him, you know, just getting completely shut down by the New York jets. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we have a much larger sample of CJ Stroud being one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL this season. They'll have Nico Collins back at full strength. They'll have Dalton Schultz back in the mix as well. You know, obviously this offense feels like it's lost some upside without Tank Dell. And it's not often you can say that about like a 5'9", 165-pound receiver making that big of a difference for an offense. But I really think he does. Uh, This is a very tough game to evaluate because we saw these teams a couple of weeks ago in Nashville. It was ugly. It was low scoring. It was about exactly what you'd expect in a Will Levis versus Case Keenum showdown. But huge, huge game. For Houston, uh, as they still try to hang around in the AFC South, I, I think you know they've, they've not quite been able to capitalize on the Jaguar slide, but I think that Jag slide could continue over these next couple of weeks. So this is a big one for Houston. Um, that that's the side of this game that I would be targeting. I, I don't have a whole lot of interest in Tennessee. I, I'm still scarred by you know one of the all-time inefficient games in NFL history that we saw from Derrick Henry a couple of weeks ago. Oh man, I I played Derrick Henry that week. Yeah, that was. Cool. Uh, tough tough um but yeah no i have interest in stroud um he's won people a lot of money this year um on slates where no one's really gonna play him kind of like this one um titans have a pass funnel defense that's been uh conceding points to quarterbacks and and their pass catchers dalton schultz is one of my favorite tight ends on the board this week i -hmm. think uh he's kind of inexplicably inexplicably cheaper than he has been recently and for no apparent reason uh, other than, you know, other than Stroud being out, but still had eight catches on 11 targets last week. I mean, he had gotten up to 5,400 just a yep. few weeks ago. And with tank Dell out, you'd figure that his usage will be higher. Uh, I have some interest in Nico Collins too. He's a guy you yep. could see having a, a ceiling game in this spot. Um, yeah, the Titans side is tough. Like, do you run it back with anyone if you're going to stack it in tournaments? I mean, Hopkins is always an option. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not in love with it. Um, sometimes I try to, you know, try to talk myself into taking a chance on Traylon Burks. Um, I just, he's really yeah. cheap. I, I love him as a player, but I'm right. just not sure that that the targets are going to be there. Um, I, I don't know. I think if you're going Stroud, you need at least one of Schultz or or Collins, if not both, in your lineup, which is fine. I'm I'm, I'm good with both of those guys. I mean, like you said, Schultz at, at 4,300 is pretty appealing. I know I know a lot of the rostership you know projections think Akonkwo is going to be pretty highly owned this week. He's down at 3,600. You know, Houston that that's been one of the Achilles' heels for this defense is they do give up a ton of fantasy production to tight ends. You know, I, Hopkins had a terrible game you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, in this matchup, saw a lot of Derek Stingley who's been playing really, really well over the last few weeks. So I, I, I get the upside with, with DeAndre Hopkins. I think there's quite a bit of downside there as well for the price you're paying, but do you have interest in a Conquo at 3,600? Um, I guess the short answer would be no, because like I'm, because I'm going to play Schultz if I'm sure. going to play this game, but just like in a vacuum or Conquo on his own, yeah, he seems like a decent option. Uh, he'll be relatively popular. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, J- Gerald Everett, for the same price, has eight 
or eight targets in three straight games. And I see him like maybe getting some ownership too. If you get mm-hmm. Keenan Allen and who I believe is going to be out. Yeah. I don't know. I guess the short answer is no, but I guess I get it. You know, you, you mentioned it's a pretty good spot against the Houston team. Who's been allowing a lot to tight ends, especially. Raiders Colts is an interesting one in the AFC. Both of these teams still clinging to wild card hopes and really divisional hopes, uh, mathematically speaking. I think the Raiders will will still need some some serious help from the Kansas City Chiefs to make that happen. But uh, Colts are in pole position if the Jacksonville Jaguars were to slip up over these last two weeks. Our total is forty two and a half in Indy. Uh, Colts should get Michael Pittman back this week. This has been such a a difficult team for me to evaluate. They're they're in the same basket for me as the Atlanta Falcons. Like you just, you have no idea what you're getting from the Colts week to week. And that is, that's the Gardner Minshew experience, right? Uh, You know, early in the season, they were, they were the only team, I think through week nine that had scored at least 20 points in every game. And then of course they go into that new England game uh, overseas and and put up 10 since then they've beaten a good Buccaneers team. That that win looks better in retrospect. They played a shootout against the Tennessee Titans, which nobody does because the Titans don't play shootouts. They were blown out by the Bengals. They blew out the Steelers, and then they were blown out by the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I, I don't know what to make of that sample. Yeah, um, they're a tough team to get right, but in general, I really like games uh, at Lucas Oil yep. indoors. The Colts play fast. Their defense isn't that great. I have quite a bit of interest in Pittman this week. He's been the one guy you can you could count on at least when he's in there. I mean, he's absolutely crushing before the injury I mean like I shouldn't say surprised but you know I wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised if he was projected to be more popular than this week but again you have 13 games and coming off injury and priced up now just no one's gonna there's a lot of options in that 7k range so no one's really going to be that popular but yeah I see Pittman smashing in this spot and I think it would make a lot of sense if you plan on playing Zamir White. Um, I don't know if I can get to any of the quarterbacks in this game, but I think some pieces are okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm building a Colts stack. I'm certainly not building a Raiders stack. I mean, this is a, another tough team to evaluate. You know, they've they've won with defense for the most part. Um, you know, the Chargers game to me. You know, I think I think putting up 63 one week and putting up zero the previous week, those almost cancel out. Um, and, and obviously last week, you know, all their scoring came via field goals in, in two defensive touchdowns. I mean, Aiden O'Connell had literally zero passing yards over the final three quarters. So I'm not I'm not touching him even in what should be a good matchup against the Colts. Um, and like you said, these games, these home games for the Colts, they've scored at least 20 in every home game this season. And they've had a couple of boom games where they've been in the 30s and the mid mid to high 20s as well. Uh, so I, I like the Colts side of this game more than I do the Raiders. And yeah, I think Pittman is the guy you, you lean toward. We haven't projected as the sixth most popular receiver this week. You know, I, I always find myself, you know, trying to, to squeeze like Alec Pierce or Josh Downs into a lineup and it it always seems to be the wrong week, but those are, those have been, you know, some of my favorite bargain bin receivers. If you're just looking for a cheap option week to week, although again, this Raiders defense, you know, I think to me, I still think of them as like, Oh, they're, they're not this good team. They, they have, you know, about as, as little recognizable talent on defense other than Max Crosby as any team in the NFL. And yet since Antonio Pierce has taken over, this has been a completely different unit. So I, I no longer necessarily view Vegas as a team that you can exploit on that end. Yeah, I think you're right. They're clearly a different team uh, with Pierce as the coach. Um, Pittman is really the guy who I have most interest in here. 
All right, we will touch on Panthers Jags in a moment, but first we got a message from our friends at Smash Up Fantasy Sports. Are you one of many sports fans who are not ready for the fantasy season to end? Then you have to play Smash Up Fantasy Sports, the fastest growing free game. In Smash Up, your traditional fantasy team gets supercharged by Smash Cards, which are like video game power ups that you pick up to boost the scores of your players or even your entire team. Think your kicker's going to have a big game? Then choose a card like the Big Kick Energy to power them up. Are you starting Justin Fields? Then play Scramble Spikes to score more from his running. Paired with cool video game-like visuals, Smash Up is the biggest innovation in fantasy sports in a very long time, and it really feels like it was designed for sports fans. And here's the best part. You can play for free and win prizes. No credit card required, and there are no hidden fees. All users receive three entries per week, but with our code ROTOWIRE, you'll unlock a fourth entry every week through the Super Bowl. And if you use our promo code or join the group ROTOWIRE from your profile, you can play against us in our private tournaments for a chance to win a free Rotowire Fantasy Football subscription. Enter now at smashupsports.com and join the future of fantasy sports. All right, Ryan, Panthers-Jags in Jacksonville. Another low total game. This one's down at 38. Uh, we are, of course, awaiting news on Trevor Lawrence. That will likely swing this game one way or the other. He has not practiced at all this week. The shoulder is now the latest injury for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I will tell you, Ryan, you, know, you and I are both Wisconsinites. I'm sitting here in Milwaukee. I'm actually a Jaguars fan. I don't know if I've actually disclosed that to you. So I, you know, I, I still keep an eye on the Packers, you know, go to some games every year. I, I, I like the Packers as a secondary team, but I am Jags first and foremost, and I'm in full on panic mode about this game. You know, it's been a, a month long free fall for Jacksonville. And, you know, if Lawrence is out there, you still feel pretty good about the Jags winning this game. I, I don't feel good about them covering. I'll tell you that. If it's CJ Beathard, I, I think Carolina can win this game straight up. Yeah, I'm with you. It's been a tough run for the Jags. Um, you know, you would like to like them in this spot a little bit if Lawrence plays, but and he hasn't been very good. And also Carolina just hasn't been a great spot. Uh, I kind of got fooled into playing quarterbacks and receivers against Carolina earlier in the season. And they're just their offense is so bad. And there's just you know, they don't get there that often. They're, they're, their games aren't back and forth. They don't produce a lot of plays and not even a lot of points a, a lot of times. Uh, I don't know. So I've been more recently avoiding these spots against the Panthers. Um, I guess I think I think Zay Jones would be interesting if he plays just because he's 4K and he, he may go a little bit overlooked, but I'd expect a ton of targets without – Christian Kirk there I mean he has 14 and eight in in his last two and we, we've just we've seen it before last season without Ridley uh this season without Kirk and there's just uh there's not there's not a lot of cheap wide receivers that I love this week or at least ones that that aren't gonna be that popular so I don't know I think that'd be okay don't really have interest from the Carolina side um I guess you could punt Mingo uh he had one target last week though i mean we, mm. bryce young doesn't inspire too much confidence uh you know i don't know i'd expect the jags to win if lawrence plays but if lawrence doesn't play yeah no i you could punt the the panthers defense if you wanted to against bethard i don't know what do you think he, he, he as a jags fan i know i know you said you don't have a lot of confidence but for dfs mm. if lawrence plays would you have any interest in ridley jones or ingram so I want to say right away that you know Trevor Lawrence has taken a lot of heat and in some ways rightfully so. I don't 
I don't think he's the reason for their struggles at all. If you, if you watch these games, like, yes, he's still mistake prone. He's still turnover prone and he's going to have to figure that out. But you know, people who are saying, Oh, they're better off with CJ Beathard than a banged up Lawrence. They are not. I can assure you of that. CJ Beathard is not good. This is a, a completely different team. If they're going to a backup quarterback and the biggest problem to me right now is the Jags are the worst run blocking team in the NFL. They cannot run the ball on anybody. And I don't think that changes this week against Carolina. I mean, as bad as the Panthers have been, they've basically been a slightly below league average defense, which is really tough because your offense is constantly putting you in bad spots. And I think they've actually played about as well as they could on that side of the ball. I think this is kind of a bad matchup for the Jags and until they prove that they can run the ball. Like I've, I've been completely ignoring Travis Etienne uh, in DFS over the last couple of weeks. He had that great run in kind of the early middle portion of the season. For the most part, that's dried up. Uh, you know, this could be a, another high volume spot for ETN, especially if it's better. I think you see a more conservative, just try to get in, you know, win the game, like 20 to 17 type of approach by the Jags. Uh, if it is better. And I, I think that could be, you know, 20 to, to 23 carries for Travis ETN. So maybe he meets value just based on volume, but Carolina is, is sneakily number one in the NFL in terms of uh, limiting receiving production to running backs. And that's of course, part of the appeal with Travis Etienne. So they, you know, they're not necessarily great uh, in terms of stopping the run, uh, but I think that's canceled out by a terrible Jags offensive line. And they are great at, at limiting running backs, catching the ball out of the backfield. So I don't love Etienne this week. I mean, if Zay Jones plays, sure. He's been limited all week. Uh, you know, missed last week against Tampa Bay. A couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, we saw him out there and he, he was clearly limited, right? Uh, I mean, he was kind of dragging that right leg around. So I, I, I do worry about him not being 100%, but Obviously, they need him. You know, beyond him, we're, we're talking Parker Washington, who's been up and down. You know, had a had a big fumble a couple of weeks ago that swung that game. Jamal Agnew is just you know he's kind of Rashid Shahid light. You're just hoping for like one sixty-five yard touchdown. I don't mind Evan Ingram. You know, I would rather play George Kittle at basically the same price. Uh, so, I, 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 you know, the Jags' offense to me is just too fickle right now. You know, the Carolina side of things, I, the Jags will put up a better fight on defense. Than, than Green Bay did. I, I think maybe some people will get tricked into thinking Bryce Young took a big step forward last week. No, that's just the Packers defense. They, they can't scheme against anybody. Um, it was not surprising that Carolina had its best uh, offensive output of the season against that defense. Uh, I would I would like Chuba Hubbard, but again, he's been limited throughout the week as well. So if, you know, if Chuba Hubbard were to be real ruled out, is there a, you know, kind of a, a punt case for, for someone like Miles Sanders or is, is are we kind of as a ship sailed on him? For 4.4K, I might be back in yeah. um, if, if there was no Hubbard. Uh, that's just really cheap for a guy who yeah. would probably catch a few passes too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't love it, but I would definitely consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, just listening to everything you said, I'm, I'm not sure I have interest in this game anymore. Yeah, I, the only other – player I could make a case for and you know this is you just kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel looking for some upside would be DJ Chark at 3600 if you want to play the revenge narrative uh, obviously an ex-Jaguar he had eight targets last week against Green Bay uh, again that's an ideal matchup that's one of the one of the few defenses in the NFL that you want to target uh, with a team like Carolina but other than last week you know he has two double digit fantasy point games on DraftKings and those were week three and week five so the chances of him replicating that are not great but Again, if you, if you need somebody, you know, in that, like, you know, Rondale Moore, Jonathan Mingo, Devontae Parker, Cedric Wilson zone, uh, I think there could be a case for DJ Chark. But you can probably tell by my voice that I don't feel that strongly about it. Let's go to Rams-Giants. Uh, total is 43. This game is in New York. Uh, you know, Rams have been playing well lately. Uh, the the Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Puka Dakua, Matthew Stafford 
uh, you know, duo has, has been about as productive as it gets. And, you know, for a while there, it felt like they were kind of trading off. Like Nakua would have a big game, then it would be Cup. You know, Cup was banged up. But the fact that they've been able to get all three of those guys going now for, what, five consecutive weeks, I really like what I'm seeing from the Rams. I think this should be a good matchup for them. Um, what, what say you? Is there is there a case for Stafford? He's one of the quarterbacks who we have not really touched on, but I, I don't mind rolling him out there at 6,600. No, I don't mind it either. Uh, mostly because I don't think anybody's going to do it. And I don't think anybody's going to really play Cup or Puka either. So it makes mm. sense from that standpoint. Um, it's tough if you're trying to run it back on the Giants side. Like I'm not really going to play any of their pass catchers no. with, with Tyrod Taylor there. Um, Saquon is cheap, and you can see his usage being great. It's a tough spot, though. Uh, the Rams have been really tough against opposing running backs, but yep. Saquon, he's kind of got there in tough matchups all season. Um, he's cheap enough where it seems okay, but yeah, I, I just I, – I'm not sure this game's going to go back and forth enough for these Rams to pay off their salaries. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's probably – I probably won't get there. I, I'll say this about this game and the last game. Like, I'm not really considering them in the tournaments that I'm playing, which are mostly single-entry stuff, um, some three-max stuff. But if I was playing, you know, the larger field tournaments like the Millie Maker or the, the, the $3.20 max or the $9, any of those smaller tournaments, then that's where I'll consider these guys a little bit more, like – back to the Jaguars, like Jaguars pass catchers too. But uh, with, you know, with 13 games to choose from and, and ownership not really getting out of hand, I'll probably just pick spots that I like a little bit better. Um, I don't know. Is this Ram spot like better than I think it is? Uh, probably not, but I don't think it's a bad spot necessarily. Obviously you'd prefer to play the Rams at home. You might prefer to play them in a dome setting, but the Giants have been, you know, hemorrhaging, points to receivers all season and you know you mentioned on the other side like I, I don't love Saquon this week I mean I, I kind of view him like ETN where it's like yeah it could just be a high volume day for him and maybe he gets there but the Rams have been so good uh both limiting running backs on the ground and through the air I mean they're number two in yards per target uh allowed to running backs but you know the Giants are, are are what 27th in the NFL in terms of fantasy points allowed to receivers it's just you have to make that decision most likely between Nakua and Cup, and you, you got to hope that you get it right. And you know, some weeks both both have paid off handsomely, and, and you're you end up being fine. Um, but you know, if you're playing Stafford at quarterback, you got to get one of those guys in there. Yeah, yeah, you, um, because Sta- yeah, Stafford's obviously he's not going to get there with his legs. Right. Um, I think it. I'd be more likely to just one off Cup or Puka. Yeah. Um, then you don't need Stafford to put up a ceiling game you know especially if you're playing like if you're playing a cheap quarterback yeah especially if you're playing tyrod taylor then i think someone like cup makes a ton of sense all right cardinals eagles we talked about the quarterbacks in this matchup uh eagles 12 point favorites high total at 48 and a half uh you know i think there's a case for hertz there's a case for kyler murray uh you know talked about some of the pass catchers for each team deandre swift is somebody who who jumped out to me i think he'll be Relatively popular this week, but again, on a 13-game slate, you don't worry too much about that. Arizona has been the worst defense against opposing running backs this season. He can get Swift at 6,500 this week. That's about the range that he's been hovering around. He was at 6K a week ago. He's got 38 carries 
over the last two weeks, Ryan. And, you know, he hasn't been ripping off big runs. You know, the efficiency hasn't been fantastic. Um, But I I think this is a good spot for him. And I I think if if Philly jumps out to an early lead, as the spread would imply, this could be, you know, kind of a big run out the clock in the second half type of spot for DeAndre Swift. Do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, I think it's an ideal spot. I have a ton of interest in Swift. Basically everything you said, I... I highlighted him in my article. Uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, quote unquote smash spot for Swift. You said it. The Cardinals have allowed more fantasy points to running backs than any team in the league, and uh, the game script could favor him. He got 20 carries last week. If he gets 20 carries this week, uh, the Cardinals haven't been able to stop anybody. So you know he's got upside for 100 plus yards and two touchdowns. You know. Swift is so frustrating because Hurts vultures so many of his touchdowns at the goal line. Um, but, you know, that's not going to happen every time. And Smith – or, sorry, Swift, um, I actually think he's going to be le- – he's going to be less popular than than I would have than I would have expected just because the slate is so big and because we have all of this value, at least if we get all of this value. I mean, Edwards Hilaire and Zamir White and even Zeke Elliott um, and even some other cheap guys – will take ownership away from Swift. So, yeah, I have quite a bit of interest in in him. I know we at, at Rotowire have A.J. Brown projected to be the second highest owned receiver behind Tyree Kill. And I, I think the matchup is is the number one reason. You know, the volume has still been there. Like, he's he's kind of been in the Stephon Diggs zone to some degree. It's been better. You know, he's given you a higher floor week to week than Stephon Diggs. But it hasn't been anywhere close to to where A.J. Brown was through the first eight games of the season. I mean, he was on an, on an all-time pace. I think he ripped off, what, five or six consecutive 120-plus-yard games and, you know, has only reached 100 yards one time uh, since midseason. Is this a buyback in spot on A.J. Brown, or are you looking elsewhere in that upper tier? Yeah, you know, I think you could go either way. Um, I actually don't think he'll end up, like, too popular. Okay. Uh, um, I... I have some interest because he's one of few players on this slate that has, you know, a 35 point ceiling. Um, I know we haven't seen it in a while, but um, it's just so easy for him to put up a hundred yards and two touchdowns. At least I, I feel that way in a spot like this, especially if the Cardinals can, can push them a little. So yeah, I just, I, it's expensive to, to stack him and hurts. And I think, that that's what will keep the ownership in check. But yeah, I, I have a little bit of interest. Mm-hmm. Saints bucks. is an interesting one in the NFC South, uh, Tampa Bay looking to maintain their lead in the division. Saints looking to stay alive, uh, both for the division and for a wild card spot. Our total is at 42 bucks, two and a half point favorites. We saw Tampa you know, kind of wipe the floor with the saints earlier this season in new Orleans. This game uh, is down in Tampa Bay. I, I, I kind of like both sides of this one, which is not something I would typically say uh, about an NFC South matchup, Ryan, but Tampa Bay, no team has allowed more yards to receivers. No team has allowed more passing yards to quarterbacks on the season. I think this could be a, a Chris Olave spot. I think he's going to be popular this weekend. I'm not playing Derek Carr though. That's the thing. I know he's, he's over the last couple of weeks, he's put up better fantasy point totals than you'd think, you know, it could be another situation where you know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. Tampa Bay shuts down the run just about every week. So I think this game will be on, Derek Carr, but if I'm looking for a higher price, you know, one off who I'd probably like to pair with a better quarterback, uh, Chris Olave is going to be my guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of willing to eat the chalk on that one. Yep. I really like this game. Really like Olave. Um, you said most of the stuff I was going to say, yeah, you know, 
They've given up the most points to opposing wide receivers. Tampa Bay, they've turned into one of the biggest pass funnels in the NFL. Vita Vey and Via, Vita Vea and company, pretty good at stopping the run. Uh, they're pretty bad at stopping the pass. So, yeah, I really like Olave. I really like Rashid Shahid. Um, stepped into an every down role last week. I think 85% of snaps. Uh, and, you know, just with the home run upside mm-hmm. he has. If he's going to see, you know, seven, eight targets, he can easily pay off his salary. Uh, and then on the Bucks side, yeah, Baker's been great over the last month. Uh, you know, we saw he was the first quarterback, first away quarterback to ever put up a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's continued to look good since then. Uh, the Saints will be without Marshawn Lattimore this week, who has had some... Um, you know, notable matchups with Mike Evans in the past. We've that's seen that's one way to put it. Times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some, yeah. Um, so, you know, that opens things up for Evans, who's now, who's priced up even more now. I think, I think that'll keep people off Evans, but we yep. know he has a ceiling pretty much as high as any receiver on the slate. Um, probably have more interest in Godwin just because there's such a significant uh, price difference now. And, Godwin is on double digit targets for three straight weeks. Now he looks healthy. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I have quite a bit of interest in this game. Uh, not in Derek Carr though, either, but yeah, like pieces from both sides that I really like in this game. All right. We talked Niners commanders earlier, so we'll skip that one uh, and hit some of the remaining games in the late window. Uh, Steelers, Seahawks, Bengals, Chiefs, uh, a- any interest in either of these two games, both with kind of, Medium to low totals. Uh, Pittsburgh, Seattle's at forty-one. Bengals, Chiefs is at forty-four. Yeah, not really. You know, I'd kind of just crossed off the Steelers and the Seahawks. I mean, I, again, like could go into that game. There's options on either side that you could take a chance on, but probably I'm 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 just going to look somewhere else. There's enough other spots. Uh, the Chiefs. That's one where I'd be if somebody told me they're going to stack Mahomes and go for it this week. I'd say. You know, that's fine. He's one of the best quarterbacks ever. He still has a ceiling game in him, of course. Uh, it's a pretty good matchup. I don't think I'm going to go there. Uh, I think Rasheed Rice will end up being one of the most popular yep. receivers on the slate. I think you can play Rasheed Rice in cash games for sure. Um, I Like I mentioned at the start, maybe I'll take a, a shot on Travis Kelsey just now that his, his salary's down, but mm, not in love with the, the stack in the Chiefs here. Yeah, other than Rice, I think I'm staying away from the Chiefs. You know, CEH, I think it's going to be very, very popular to the point that I, I might stay away, but obviously he's appealing at that price. I'm going to be watching Najee Harris's status very closely today. Um, didn't practice earlier in the week, was limited yesterday. Even if even if he's in, I, I think this is a good spot for Jalen Warren. Uh, if you're looking for a, a discounted running back, Seattle, you know, game script-wise, not always a team you want to target. They play slow. They're near the bottom of the league and plays per game, things like that. Uh, but over the last five weeks, Ryan, they have allowed 169, 136, 173, 178, and 162 rushing yards to their opponents. Now, two of those games came against the 49ers. One came against Dallas. One came against the Eagles. So you have to take that into account. But giving up 162 to the Titans last week, uh, you know that 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 caught my eye. So I, I think this could be a decent Jalen Warren spot. Yeah, me too. I think you broke it down perfectly. Um, I mean, if Harris ended up being out. Yeah, Warren would look like one of the better yeah. plays on the entire slate. Uh, if Harris is in, 
that just means nobody's going to play Warren. So it makes him a pretty good tournament play. All right, we'll talk Chargers Broncos in a moment, but we do have some news. You know, we were talking about the the Arizona Cardinals and Hollywood Brown. Not only is Hollywood Brown not playing this week, he's going on IR. So he'll be done for the remainder of the season with that heel injury. Does that does that change your opinion at all in Arizona? Does that open things up for any of those pass catchers? I think it means you could take a chance on the cheap guys. I mean, sure. they haven't done it. Like, like Michael Wilson, um, it's a pretty good matchup for him. I believe Slay is still out. Um, and uh, the Eagles have sort of been getting torched by the pass lately. So I don't know. Like you, They're so cheap, Wilson, and more. I probably wouldn't get to Dorch just because he's up there at 4,200. But, yeah, I don't have a problem with with Wilson or more, I guess. I think mm-hmm. uh, McBride I still like. Yeah, yeah, I, I would lean Wilson uh, of those two cheaper options for Arizona. But, you know, obviously I like to, a, a lot to like about Trey McBride. Chargers-Broncos, uh, perhaps the most unpredictable game on the entire slate. We have Easton Stick going up against Jared Stidham. Uh, we saw this number move in favor of the Chargers after the Russell Wilson benching news. It is now uh, Broncos minus three and a half at home, total down at 37. Understandably so. Uh, you know, it's looking like Denver uh, likely will not have Cortland Sutton this week. Uh, that would be massive. He has not practiced due to concussion all week, so barring – you know, a, a sudden change there over the next 48 hours. It looks like he will likely miss, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat optimistic on Denver. You know, they've, they've played this ultra conservative style uh, over the, the middle portion of the season when they made that run and got themselves back into playoff contention. But my hope is that now that they're turning things over to Jared Sidham, who's not, not just some random backup quarterback, right? I mean, he flashed at the end of last season with the Raiders. They gave him a very high dollar contract as far as backup quarterbacks go. Like, I, I think there's real interest in seeing what this guy can do. And, Again, my hope, I don't know if this is going to happen, but my hope is that we we see a more opened up playbook for the Denver Broncos. I guess the question is, can they do that if they don't have Cortland Sutton? Um, yeah, I, I think they can. I, I agree with you. I, I have some interest here in the Broncos. I think, I mean, I don't think their passing game can really get any worse. And yeah, Stidham proved last year that he's capable. And actually, if Sutton was out, I'd have some interest in Judy and oh, yeah. Mims. Uh, like they look like pretty good value. Judy, especially at fifty one hundred. Um, and yeah, I may even take a chance on Stidham in tournaments just because the combination is so cheap. Yes. You really don't need you don't need a ceiling score. You just you need him to get twenty points. And then if your you know expensive players put up ceilings. You, you're off and running. So yeah, I, I could I could see myself playing some guys from this game. I kind of like Stidham too. I think if you if you want to go ultra cheap at quarterback and you have plenty of options to do so this week, I think that's I think that's where I would lean. You know, I think there's a case for Jacoby Brissett second half garbage time against San Francisco. Uh, you could make a case for for pretty much any of these lower price guys, but I I think Stidham might actually look pretty decent for them. And and like you said, Jerry Judy is somebody that. You know, when I was messing around with some lineup constructions last night, I kept finding myself going back to Jerry Judy. I think if there's ever a time for him to have, you know, a huge game in a meaningless spot, this would be it. Uh, you know, the Chargers defense showed up in a way that very few expected last week against Baltimore. I don't trust them to do that again. That's not who the Chargers have been at all this season. I mean, they they, they gave Aiden O'Connell, you know, his best fantasy game of the year a couple of weeks ago. And obviously that one got out of hand and was you know a, a unique uh, structure as far as how it played out. I don't think we're getting 63 points on the board 
from the Denver Broncos. But um, you know, if, if you're looking to save up big time at quarterback, I think this is about as good of a matchup as it gets for Stidham. Yep, I'm with you. All right, man. Uh, we have neared the the conclusion of the Sunday slate. Do you, do you have any thoughts on Packers Vikings? I know that's your team, and you know that's going to be a a showdown slate on Sunday night. But uh, that one to me, with Jaron Hall starting for Minnesota, all bets are off. I have no idea. Uh, I have not watched a ton of Jaron Hall uh, during his college days. You know, the the one time we saw an extended glimpse of him, ironically, was against Green Bay earlier this season when Kirk Cousins came out and. The Vikings were up two scores. They were just in, you know, kind of run out the clock mode. So I don't really see, feel like we got a representative sample on Jaron Hall. Uh, but I, I have absolutely no idea how this game is going to play out. I, I think I lean Green Bay just because there's enough variance with Hall that to me, more often than not, it, it probably probably goes badly rather than him showing up and, and looking great. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree pretty much how you broke it down. I haven't seen Hall enough to really give a – I guess an informed opinion, but Eileen Green Bay, it just seems like I think love has been playing better for the most part. The second half of the season Uh, Packers are getting healthier, at least on offense a little bit with Aaron Jones back and they should have Jaden Reed back. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Lean the Packers just against a probably pretty bad quarterback. You know, I don't, don't mean to slander Jaron. Jaron Hall, but um, yeah, you think the Packers have more to play for? I don't know. I think, yeah, I think they'll get it done. Yeah. All right, let's talk defense real quickly. Then we'll be on our way out. Uh, yeah. Any, any spots that you like here? Obviously, you got the 49ers at 4,200. Um, I'll just ask you generally. I mean, how do you how do you typically handle defense? Are, are you a pay up for defense guy? Are you a bargain bin guy? Uh, where do you typically lean? Um. If I can, I'll go cheap. Uh, so starting for cash games, and and for cash games, I'll usually just go with the cheap chalk or even the chalk in general. Like you don't want to lose at defense. Um, and I think this week we're going to have the Broncos as the most popular. Uh, they're 2,900 at home against yep. Easton Sticks. So I think, uh, yeah, assuming that's the case, I'm just going to click the Broncos for cash games. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind taking a chance on the Colts, especially if Josh Jacobs doesn't play. You can get them at thirty-two hundred. Uh, they've been one of the better fantasy defenses this season. They've relied a ton on takeaways, but I, I believe last week was their first game in like nineteen games that they did not have a takeaway. Uh, so it's been consistent. You know, it dates back beyond this season. They've been an opportunistic defense. You know, that's a, that's a spot that I think is is okay. Um, I, I think I would avoid the Chargers. Uh, against the Broncos. I mean, they're at 2,900 as well. Uh, It feels like one of those sides is going to hit. I don't want to touch the Ravens against Miami. I don't want to touch Miami against Baltimore. You know, if if it's C.J. Beathard for the Jags, I wouldn't mind Carolina at 2,700 if you really want to go deep. Nope, I'm with you there. Um, I see the Texans have a decent projection. I guess, you know, I I get that. Um, I I guess I'll try to disagree with you for for once. could see myself taking a chance on the Ravens just because okay. no one's really going to play them because they're going to play all these other spots at 3K and 2,900. And like you mentioned, it could be a letdown spot for either one of these teams after they yep. were just involved in those big games. We saw how good uh, Baltimore's defense has been. Uh, Miami's not going to have Jalen Waddell. There's a chance this game could get out of hand and they just struggle. You know, my, Miami's offensive line is banged up. Um, but yeah, I don't mind the Ravens. I don't mind the Bears either at 3,400. Again, I don't think this is a good spot uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, the, the Bears are not a defense that generates a ton of turnovers. The Falcons, you know, 
when it was Desmond Ritter, they were they were very much turnover prone. Uh, but for a team that keeps it on the ground, I mean, if, if you're shooting for upside, I don't know that there's necessarily a ton there uh, with the Bears. But I think they're a relatively safe option. I don't think that's going to be a high scoring game by any means. Um, other than that, I, I, I don't know if I'd go a whole lot higher. I, I certainly I don't think I love the Jags defense, even against Carolina. And I don't think there's much upside there. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm more like you. I, I tend to try to find bargains on defense. I have, I have a tough time, you know, investing 4,200 in a team like the Niners going up against Washington. It's kind of a spot as it is. I, I just, I, I don't think the payoff tends to be as, as rich, you know, when you're, when you're paying up for a defense as opposed to spending that money elsewhere. No, I'm with you. And I'm not trying to, especially on the road. And yep. uh, even against a guy like Brissett, he's not like one of these quarterbacks that's going to turn it over a ton. At least I don't see it right. like that. Um, yeah, I know we're running a little long. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to go rapid fire through um, the players who I think are going to be popular in cash games at each, at each position or the guys who are like in play. Uh, quarterback, I think it's four guys. You can pay all the way up for Hertz. I think that's fine. You can go sort of in the middle with Purdy at 7K, or you can play Brissett uh, or Tyrod Taylor for under 5K. I think all those guys are okay right now. I think the three most popular running backs, McCaffrey, pretty much a lock in cash game. So there's enough value. Uh, he's going to be popular. There's enough value to afford him, and he's going to be popular. Um, CEH would be the most popular of the value. I think you just have to click it in cash games. Um, Zamir White, too. I think he would be next. Uh, if if one of those guys, or if Pacheco or Jacobs ends up playing, I think Zeke Elliott's uh, ownership will start to climb. I think he's fine in cash games. I mentioned uh, I'm cool with fading him in tournaments, but I wouldn't mind playing him in cash games if we don't get that other value. Uh, at receiver, I think you can spend up for Tyreek if you're punting at quarterback. Uh, and also, if we get those, those, those running back punts, I don't think he's a must, but he's the spend-up option I would want, or else you're probably going down to Rasheed Rice at 6,900. He'll be popular. He's been popular in cash for the last few weeks, so I don't mind going there. Um, Zay Jones, or sorry, Zay Flowers might carry a little bit of ownership because there's no one really else in the 5K range. I think the yeah. popular punt, or one of the popular punts, will be Demario Douglas at uh, 4,300. He just projects for the most targets in that range, so he, I see him with a higher projection than most in the 4k range and he'll get some ownership in cash games because people like playing him in that format tight end is tougher this week you can spend up for mcbride or kittle um i don't think it's necessary you can pay down for okonkwo or gerald everett um i kind of like landing on dalton schultz if you can get there I, I think those are the five that are in play at the moment um and then yeah defense it seems like broncos are going to be chalk so probably just click them all right, man. Great stuff. I uh, appreciate the run through there. Anything else that you uh, want, want to tell the listeners before we head out? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, we, we covered quite a bit. I just, I think um, with more games this week and not quite as much chalk, uh, pick the spots that you like best and don't worry about some of the stuff that I know it sounds easy, but sometimes you worry, you, you factor in more things on like a nine game slate. Maybe like sometimes I'll fade guys that I really like just because they're going to be too popular. Maybe you want to take a chance on another spot. Um, this, this week, I'm just trying to find the spots that I'm the most confident in and then attacking them. All right, Ryan, this was awesome, man. I appreciate you letting me step in and uh, do the show with you. This was a lot of fun. We want to thank our sponsors, Circa, go check out circlelasvegas.com. Odds are you can find their app in the iOS or the Google Play Store. 
and of course, Smash Up Fantasy Sports. Go to smashupsports.com to check that out. Uh, you can find the regular Sunday morning live stream right here on our Twitter account on the Rotowire YouTube page as well. That'll be Jim Coventry answering all of your fantasy questions, your start sit questions heading into week 17. If you're playing DFS this weekend, which hopefully if you're listening to this, if you're watching live, you better be playing DFS. Good luck. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks, Nick. This was fun. Good luck, everybody.